It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 793 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, September the 25th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. And you can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure that you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. Lots of sports still going on. You got the Stanley Cup final going on. You got the Lightning and Stars. Both have great shows covering them every single day. Obviously, we have the Eastern and Western Conference finals in the NBA. MLB playoffs start on Monday. If you're a Jays fan, go check out Locked On Blue Jays with AJ Andrews as they get ready to take on the Tampa Bay Rays. He's probably in the first round of the playoffs, so go listen to that. No shortage of stuff for you to check out right now on the Locked On Podcast Network as there are so, so many big-time, high-stakes sports going on. The Raptors are not uh, playing necessarily anything high-stakes right now. They are out, of course, and as part of our continuing review of every player on the Raptors from the 2019-20 season, we are continuing on on today's show with a discussion of Norman Powell, who we talked a little bit about in the Matt Thomas episode on Wednesday, but we're going to dive more deeply into Norm's season and then what is to come for Norman Powell. And, of course, we're going to get to a listener question in the final segment as well. And joining me today to talk all about Norman Powell's season with the Raptors, his fifth season with the Raptors, which, my God, time is flying. It is from the Dishes and Dimes podcast. It's uh, Kelsey O'Brien. Kelsey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, it's 1.30 p.m. and I haven't showered yet, so I guess that tells you how I'm doing. Uh, working from home is a delight. Just living uh, the dream. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the, maybe the ripest I've ever been on a podcast, so congratulations to you <laughs> for being uh, on the mic with me. I wouldn't be surprised if you could smell me through the Zoom call. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's uh, not be gross anymore, and we'll talk about a season that was very much not gross. Norman Powell had a very good season for the Raptors this year. He played 52 games, starting 20 six of them uh, as injuries of course ravaged the Raptors he set a career high 16 points a game nearly double his previous career high of 8.6 he put up 3.7 boards a game 1.8 assists he shot 40% from three for the second straight season 
and shot overall uh, 49, nearly 50% from the field. Almost a 50-40-90 season from, it was like 50-40-84 if you round up the 49.5 field goal percentage and the 39.9 three-point percentage. So good enough. Uh, he was excellent this season. And I think had Norm played more games off the bench, had the Raptors been less injured, he probably would have been if not the front runner for six man of the year, certainly on the ballot. So great season from Norm kind of changed things in a big way in terms of his finishing and things like that. So that leads me to my first question for you, Kelsey is watching Norm Powell this season. What was your sort of biggest takeaway from the transformation he made as a scorer from someone who was kind of unreliable to being, you know, one of the most steady sources of offense for the Raptors night to night. Well, first of all, the season has been so long that I didn't realize that all of that was in this season <laughs> and that he's been that great this season. But I mean, I think it's great. I think the problem with Norm up until this season is that he was always getting in his head and he was getting in his own way. It wasn't other people getting in the way because he has the athleticism. He has the talent. He just would try to take on too much and then he would get frazzled and he wouldn't be able to take on anything. So I think what we're seeing is kind of a maturity and like a mental calmness about him that we hadn't seen in seasons prior yeah that's a good point I I think that all sort of I think coalesced into sort of his I would say more level-headed approach to driving and trying to finish around the basket and even you know kicking out from those situations as well I mean he's still not like the greatest playmaker in the world but he doesn't have to be when he's finishing literally everything in close with uh with dudes draped all over him it was really fun to watch him this season kind of refine his craft and his finishing and think back to where he was like as a rookie or a second year player where it was all right I have the ball my first step is explosive as hell I'm going to drive I'm going to try to finish with my left hand and and I'm probably going to brick it off the backboard and it's going to be like a very long rebound for the other team to start off and transition with to what it was this year where he would kind of probe into the paint. He could use his body to sort of create contact and score over guys. He had like both lefty and righty finishes up and unders, things like that. It just was a, a far more confident version of Norm when he went into those areas where typically he's going to make his hay. And I don't know, Kelsey, like in terms of the role he played this season, it was a little weird because obviously he started a ton of games. He played more minutes than he ever has as well, almost you know, or north of 28 minutes a game. Previous career high was just around 19 last season. And I would say last year his role was a little bit more defined in terms of he was just a bench guy who came in. He you know, only started three of the 60 games he played and he kind of knew, all right, I'm coming in. I'm going to hit some threes off the bench and that's going to be my role. This year, obviously, it was a little bit more fluid with him starting, but it felt like, and maybe you agree, and tell me if you agree, like, did it feel to you like Norm Powell, his role this season, despite the oscillations between the starting lineup and the bench, he was always kind of asked to do the same things. He was never asked to be like the go-to creator in a lineup. He was just like, all right, you're the fourth or fifth option, and you're going to you know, kill people on swings, and you know, you're know, you going to attack closeouts. And did you find maybe that was a reason why things kind of really clicked in for him this year? I think so. I mean, I think Norm's job this season and going forward is to always stay ready. Mm-hmm. And I think he did a really good job of that rather than waiting, like rather than trying to force the game, he let it come to him. And he realized like he works best in transition. So if he's going to get an opportunity to get a transition basket, he's got to be ready for it. And I think his teammates and the coaching staff realize that as well, is that if it's a game of runs, it's a game of transition baskets then you're going to need someone like Norman Powell because he's got the speed and he's just so good in transition. 
Yeah, I mean, the Raptors being freaking deadly on the run this year was, you know, obviously you got a lot of guys who are very good on the run. Kyle Lowry with the leak out passes and Pascal Siakam on the run and OG. But I thought Norm was kind of the biggest sort of reason why they were such terror on the run. And because he could do it in a bunch of different ways, right? He could catch those sort of trailer threes on the wing. He could just kind of blast to the rim by himself. And, um, you know, obviously we saw how that played out in game seven against the Celtics when he tried to do it one last time and it didn't quite work out with that stupid Marcus Smart block. But I think for the most part, yeah, he was just constantly looking to run, constantly looking to get himself easy buckets. And that probably flowed, I think, into the rest of his game. Kelsey, this was one question that came in from the listeners. It's not going to be the one we build our final segment around with Norm, but there was a question that came in asking what the the best Norm moment from this season was. Do you have a standout Norman Powell moment from this year? I mean, there were a lot. He was excellent and had a lot of games where he really went off. I think that was the Celtics series. There was a really nice transition dunk. I don't remember which game it was, but that was like, I know he's only been here for five years, but that was vintage Norman Powell. It was like very, very Indiana Pacers game five. I think it might have been the Celtics game five, actually. It's game six, I think. The one where he scored all the overtime points. Yes, yes. I think, yeah, I think you're right. But just to see, like, when you're able to see what Norm is capable of, those are his best moments. Totally. Yeah, I I think the game six against the Celtics probably goes down as – his most important game I guess you could say game five against the Pacers was also in that running and maybe game four I think against the Bucks where they were down 2-1 and they put him in the starting lineup and he hit a bunch of threes Um, but like that's the nice thing about Norm is he's always good for at least one outburst in the playoffs against some team usually the Bucks but in this case it was Boston in game six and I just I thought his it was such a weird series because it was a series where it was so clear that they needed Norm Powell to be as good as he could be. Otherwise they were just not going to have the juice in the half court to get anything done. In the first four games, he only has 10 points, then four, then eight, then five, all on pretty wonky shooting line, walking wonky shooting lines. That is. And then you get to game five and he puts up 16, but it's like a six of 15 and it's, it kind of feels ho-hum and you just kind of think it's never going to happen for him. And then game six, he comes in and Like, yeah, he kind of, I think, sputtered in the first half. And then, you know, I think usually that would be kind of be cause for Nick Nurse, at least that was his track record in the playoffs, to maybe not trust him so much in the second half. But he went to him, went to him in that small lineup, and he scored, what was it, 15 points in the two overtimes and was really the guy that swung that game in addition to Kyle Lowry. And that'll always be a Norm Powell moment. It was awesome. The the transition, transition dunk you mentioned, the... Just sort of, I think he hit a huge three when it felt like the threes were just never going to fall for him again in that game as well. And uh, he deserves a ton of credit for for showing out. Obviously, his game five or game seven, sorry, was not terribly impressive, just 11 points. But, um, you know, I, I think with a functioning Norm Powell playing the way he did in game six, that Raptors team was going to be tough to beat if you're Boston. And it's just a shame they didn't get him for the entire time. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I mean, best season of Norm's career, hands down, very, very fun year. And it was probably like the fifth or sixth best Raptor this season as well. It's tough to sort of rank them all because they were all so amazing, but he was essential off the bench and gave, I think what we all kind of expected to be a bit of a not so awesome second unit, a real punch. And they ended up being pretty damn good. So shout out to Norm for that. Uh, Kelsey, we're going to continue on and we're going to dive into the future for Norman Powell, which is a little bit interesting and we'll dive all into potential trades or does he stick around? I don't know. It's, it's kind of up in the air with Norm right now. And there seems to be a kind of a momentum on Raptors internet to perhaps look to deal Norm this off season, which uh, 
I'm not really sure if I agree with, but we'll get to it. And uh, we'll get to that in a lot more in just a second. But first, a reminder to go and check out Locked On Blue Jays. I mentioned it off the top, but the Jays are about to play baseball in the playoffs on Monday for the first time since 2016. They are uh, kind of bad, but also fun and weird. And they have Hyunjin Ryu, who, who is amazing. So he's going to give them a shot in at least one of those games. And if you want to be prepared for the playoffs, go and check out Locked On Blue Jays with AJ Andrews right after you're done with this podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Kelsey. So Norm's future with the team, it's very, very interesting. So here's basically the situation for Norm. He's got one more year and then he has a player option for the 2021-2022 season. He's really the only money outside of Pascal Siakam that they currently have on the books beyond next season if he does opt in. I, you know, before the pandemic, if you had asked me based on the way Norm was playing this season, the fact that he was the reigning player of the week and still is, I believe, because they didn't give up players of the week during the bubble. If you had asked me, like, I think I probably would have leaned towards Norm likely opting out in that offseason in 2021, where, yes, there's a lot of superstars in the market, but there's going to be a lot of teams that miss out on superstars. And you could do worse than giving money to Norman Powell, who has proven pretty much, I think, without a doubt, that he's a 40% three-point shooter who can absolutely score for you at all three levels and be a really valuable piece, whether it's as a six-man, whether it's as a fifth starter, whatever it may be. I thought maybe he'd opt out. Now that the cap seems it's going to be flat for the next couple of years, I'm a little bit less certain that Norm is going to opt out of that $12 million or so dollars in 2021-2022, which obviously makes things a little bit more difficult for the Raptors to finesse their financial flexibility going into the Giannis summer. So my question with all of that lead up and sort of breakdown of his contract situation is, Kelsey, you teased to me before uh, coming on this podcast that you maybe think it's time to trade Norman Powell. And this is not uh, a sentiment that's held just by you. This is kind of a thing that's floated around a little bit on Raptors Internet this week. And I think Eric Kareen wrote a piece about it for The Athletic. Kelsey, why are you on the side of maybe this is the time to trade Norman Powell? Well, there's a lot of reasons. First of all, it's not that I have anything against Norm. I love Norm. He's probably going to be one of my favorite rappers when this is all said and done. But I think that consistency is something that Norm has earned and deserves. And I think that if he were to find a team that can give him a more consistent role than just, you know, sporadic off the bench, I think that he would really thrive. And I think for just over $10 million, it's a really good deal for any team that's trying to acquire you know, a very quick shooter, a very good floor spacer. I think that we, the Raptors kind of, if everyone's saying they have everything very set and it's just going to be another year, it'll be Norm's sixth year of doing the same thing coming off the bench. So I think for both sides, it's probably time to move on, give Norm a bigger role and give someone maybe a couple years newer than him the opportunity to develop like he did. 
Yeah, it's interesting because Terrence Davis really does kind of fit the same profile, right? Like four-year college guy, very explosive off the bounce, can definitely shoot threes. Like they're, they're very similar. And if you told me in three years, Terrence Davis basically has the same profile as Norman Powell, I wouldn't be totally surprised. And so I can totally see the argument there if you're looking to develop Terrence Davis and you know continue to groom him along. Um, and, you know, I could understand if Norm wanted to have a bigger role. And I guess a lot of this is kind of contingent upon what happens with Fred Van Vliet, right? Because if Fred's gone, then I feel like Norm very easily steps in to be the starting two guard and, mm-hmm. you know, he gets that starting role and that's great. If Fred's back, you know, look, I, I think Norm probably, and I've always kind of felt this, I, I, I feel like he's probably like an, I mean, I guess I haven't always felt this. I've always kind of thought he'd be best as like a fourth or fifth option, where he can you know be a fifth starter and kind of attack closeouts and things like that. I f- I feel like this season I kind of came to the realization that if you're playing him in bench lineups with another point guard, which the Raptors often did anyway, and he's maybe your second or third option, he's sort of your secondary creator. I think that's fine, and I think he kind of excels if he's going to be a six man, and I do think part of the consistency issue with this season was the fact that everyone was hurt and there was no opportunity for him to really settle into a role. But to me, it kind of reminds me of when Terrence Ross moved from the starting lineup into the bench, uh, like the year he got traded and it was actually really effective as a six man. And, you know, if you, you could have sort of projected out a few years and I mean, this has been the case for him with the magic still to this day that he's a very good six man. You can have him in, he can kind of heat up your offense a little bit. If you want to play him in crunch time, you can, if you don't want to, you're not married to it. And I feel like that might be the consistent role that Norm might be able to best occupy. You know, I'm sure he would be a very good fifth starter for some team, whether it's the Raptors or otherwise, but I kind of like the way he slots in if he is coming off your bench. And I feel like he can kind of be a perennial six man of the year type of guy who also has like some substance to him in a way that like Lou Williams doesn't (laughs) and that he can play in the playoffs and, you know, defend people and, you know, keep your team sort of afloat when you get to high stakes games. And so I, I don't know, you know, as much as I'd like for him to have sort of bigger opportunity, I wonder if maybe he's maximized in the role that he was supposed to occupy this season as the sort of go-to guy off the bench. And so that's, that's sort of my, my hesitation there when it comes to dealing him. I mean, the, the argument, I think the really strong argument, if you're the Raptors and you're thinking about the future is you you have the 2021 summer, that's definitely you know top of mind. You want to keep flexibility there and Norm potentially opting in makes that a little bit more of a smaller hole for you to thread with the needle. But I also think like, it, what are you getting for Norman Powell that makes it justifiable? Obviously his value right now, part of the argument for trading him is that his value is as high as maybe ever will be. He's a potential expiring contract or if not, he only has two years at a pretty reasonable clip. And he's you know he's a useful player he shoots 40 percent on threes that's a coveted thing but like the reasons this is kind of the similar reason as to why i don't think they're going to trade kyle lowry is all the things that make norm powell attractive to other teams also make him attractive to the raptors if that makes mm-hmm. sense and so like well for you kelsey if you're looking at like what a deal for norm might look like you know i'm not sure where you kind of come down on the run it back situation do you want them to sort of take a step back and rebuild or whatever it is but what does norm fetch to you in a hypothetical trade that you think makes it worth it for the raptors so my hypothetical trade that i plugged into the trade machine the other night was uh norman powell to denver for jeremy grant and pj dozier and it works so i feel like that would be a good um, not only would it be a good fit for us and it would be a good trade but Norm would have a much more consistent role than he has now because they aren't playing with like, you know, a two 
point guard starting lineup. He would be able to get more minutes and get more runs, and he would still be able to occupy that sort of sixth-man role without being tied to the bench. Mm-hmm. Totally. I, I guess my hesitation there is, like, Jeremy Grant's obviously very valuable to Denver. I don't know if they would do that, because they already have Gary Harris, right? So, I mean, maybe they want to move on from Harris because he's kind of a nothing on offense now. But what's what's Grant's contract looking like? So he's a free it's agent left after. Free, uh, what's that? Sorry, it is. I can't remember, but it worked. He's got a player option for next year, and it's nine point three. Yeah. So I mean, the way Jeremy Grant's played in the playoffs, he might opt out and look for more because he mm-hmm. might enter as like one of the biggest free agents on the market. Um, and I mean, Norman Powell too. If they maybe if they both switch spots for a year and were able to do more things in new roles, they would both have the option of opting out and getting more money. Well, so Grant can opt out this summer. Oh, he this, can opt this, out this yeah, summer. Yeah, like he can opt out whatever this season's over. Oh, so. I thought it was next summer. Yeah, so that's the, uh, yeah, I feel like he's probably going to opt out of that because that's, uh, he's well, not, he's worth more there. than 9.3. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. That's, that's the thing about the norm trade stuff is just like, I don't know if there's a deal out there that makes sense where you're balanced. Like he feels like a pretty good way to balance the roster as it is, unless you're getting like a big man who you think can like fill in and sort of be the next wave behind Gasol and Ibaka. Then great. I, I just, I don't know if that big man exists either. Right. Cause you know, there's, there's obviously talk about Montrez Harrell. He's a free agent. There's not a trade to be happening there. Maybe you, get off of Norm's money so you can sign a guy like Montrez Harrell, but also I don't think you should sign Montrez Harrell because he can't play defense <laughs> and that would be bad. Um, that's a Maybe you bring in Justin Anderson. On- <laughs> I knew you were going to get some 905 propaganda oh, in here at some point. It wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be me without it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess like if you were to sort of peruse around the league, that's, I think the only way I see it is if you have like a big man in mind who can kind of fill in like, a guy who I've been thinking about as a potential sort of next wave big man for the Raptors is Miles Turner. He makes oh too much. Oh my God, that's my dream. That'd be awesome. He's great. And, you know, who knows what the future of that Sabonis Turner front court looks like. Um, I think he makes a little bit too much. So you'd have to th- sort of throw more stuff in to make it work. Um, and also the Pacers have like already good guards. Like they got Brogdon and Oladipo. So there's probably no spot for Norm there either, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's uh, it's hard. Because so tough. It is, and it's hard because it's there's so many guards. Yeah, so many guards, and like the good big men are coveted. Yes, because there's so and they're few not going them. anywhere. Yeah, and like you're. I mean, the Sixers. Like you're not trading for Al Horford. <laughs> no, I'm good. I mean, okay. So how about this one? Uh, let me, I gotta see Jared Allen's on a new contract, I believe soon. And the nets are sad and uh, are apparently ready to move on from Jared Allen. So yeah, Jared Allen's contract is currently, um, what's he making here? Sorry. This is bad podcasting. So, well, so he's up for a new deal this off season. I wonder if maybe there's like a sign and trade situation there. You could potentially mine. And, And, you know, I have my reservations a little bit about Jared Allen. I don't know if he's like a big man you want on the floor, in like big time minutes in mm-hmm. like a high stakes game. We don't know that yet. He's still, he's only 22. So it could certainly still come there for him, but we don't know, but um, he's actually, no, he's still on his rookie deal right now. He's not up for an extension until next summer. So that probably doesn't well, work. Good either. News. 
We also have Paul Watson for two years because he signed a two-year two-way contract. <laughs> and he could very easily fill that norm role, and I feel more consistently. The yeah. 905 propaganda, never going away. It's the best. Never. It's oh, never going so away. Um, actually, so let me just pull up the Nets roster right now because maybe there's a deal where you can do like a two-for-one type thing. And, you know, who knows what the Nets are going to look for when it comes to Jared Allen. Um, but like maybe there's a deal where you could sort of put together Allen on his rookie deal. And then, um, I mean, they don't have any other big salaries. That's the thing. Their next biggest salary is Joe Harris and he's a free agent. So it would be like, I mean, I guess Levert's up on his new deal, but that's going to be too much to match. And then we've got Kyrie and KD. Yeah. I don't see it. I, it sucks. It'd be nice to get Jared Allen. <laughs> just it feels. Why would, like, Why are the Nets not gonna start him? The the thing with DeAndre Jordan is stupid. Very very dumb. But um, yeah, I don't like to see Jared Allen wait. Jared Allen wasting away. No, certainly not. Um, yeah, that's the thing with the norm trades. Is it, it's hard to find a match that really sort of works for both sides. You know, you could. Yeah. Like it's just in the there's money, no one in need of a shooting guard, really. Yeah, and like the middle class of the league is so small now, right? Because you know the big swell in salaries kind of made this whole new sort of like upper middle class, and then Norm is kind of on this like second tier deal where there's not a lot of guys to match with. It's like mid level guys basically that he's sort of lining up with, and I think Norm is better than a lot of those guys. I mean, there was the whole Bogdan Bogdanovich thing this year, just flip Norm for Bogdan. I think Norm probably was better than Bogdan this season. And you kind of run out of options pretty quickly in terms of guys who might match up super well. I mean, the Magic have 7,000 big men, but I don't think any of those guys are necessarily standing out as dudes you want to go for either. So that, that, I, I think the moral of the story here is, yes, Norm's value is quite high right now, and it might never be higher, but it's hard to find a deal that really makes a ton of sense for the Raptors if they're looking to you know, unless they're going like super young and looking for like a Mo Bamba reclamation project type of thing. But I don't really see that as being a thing the Raptors want to pursue. So um, you could just straight, straight up trade him straight up for Terrence Ross and I'd be down. We could do that. Um, yeah, I was going to say the reason that you want to keep him is because he's your last shred of Terrence Ross. Yeah, I mean, he, he's kind of embodying <laughs> that role now. So uh, it's just more uh, effectively, which makes him less cool than Terrence Ross, but that's fine. <laughs> um, we're going to continue on. We're going to leave the trade talk now. Uh, we're going to move into the final part of the show where we're going to take a listener question. And it has to do with Norm standing within the Raptors in franchise history. He's uh, been around a while now. He's done a lot of things. He's had a lot of playoff moments. And we're going to sort of try to pinpoint where he sits in Raptors history after his fifth season with the team. But first, I want to remind people that you should definitely be buying yourself some damn built bards. If you're hungry, if you're looking to work out, and you're looking to uh, just you know have a little cheat day where you're not actually cheating because it's kind of healthy, built bar is the way to go. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They've got improved flavors as well. Six new flavors, that is. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, sea, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All of them uh, receiving high reviews from those who have eaten them so far in the Locked On family. 
We've also, uh, they've also got 12 original flavors for you, including some of my favorites like banana bread, salted caramel, and my absolute favorite toffee almond, which whips. There's also, they're, they're covered in uh, 100% chocolate that is, and they're soft and easy to chew. They are also great for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're great for keto diets as well. Some of the flavor profiles, you've got coconut almond, for example, 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, and five grams of net carbs and the brand new cookies and cream has 17 grams of protein just 130 calories four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs and they taste like a chocolate bar they're not like these gritty sandy gross chewy protein bars that you get other way other places they taste basically like a mars bar that's the consistency and who doesn't love a mars bar except this is a healthy version of that uh right now when you go to builtbar.com you're gonna get ten dollars off of your next order as well as a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last so get on that right away go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on you're gonna get 10 bucks off your next order once again builtbar.com promo code locked on The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Kelsey, we now take a look at the listener question that came in, and I'm losing the person who sent it in, and I apologize very much for not knowing it off the top of my head. It's going to find here somewhere. Here, this one comes from Abdullah. He asks, is Norman Powell a top 10 Raptor? On paper, it might be a no, but when you think about it, without him, the Raptors might have blown it all up before Kawhi even became available. Interesting question. Uh, for reference, my official ranking of every Raptor at RaptorsHQ.com, uh, my update last year, of course, the most unassailable ranking of Raptors players you could find. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> obviously, I'm kidding. Um, it might be the only one you can find because no one was dumb enough to do this exercise. But either way, Norman Powell... Uh, 26th, he came in last year on the all-time Raptors list, uh, improving from 41st the season prior. And I would assume he's jumped quite a bit this year. You know, he was one spot behind Marc Gasol. Uh, I had Gasol at 25 last year based on his effectiveness in the playoffs. I think Norm probably jumps Gasol a little bit considering Gasol's playoff run and Norm's season this year. Um, and then the next guys you're looking at are Marcus Canby, Tracy Murray, Keon Clark, Alvin Williams, Charles Oakley, Morris Peterson, Anthony Parker, Doug Christie. Uh, that feels like kind of the right range to me. I don't know, Kelsey, like how high up do you think Norm should be slotted? Um, for reference as well, the top 10 I have right now is Lowry, Kawhi, Vince, DeMar, Bosch, Calderon, Valanchunas, Stoudemire, Antonio Davis, and Pascal Siakam at 10th. And I assume Pascal is going to jump up a bit as well. Um, Amir Johnson at 11. So... I would assume Norm doesn't get into that tier of guy just uh-uh. yet, but where do you think he kind of slots in? Top 30? Definitely top 30. He's 26 as of last year, so but I feel like that's 15, only going to jump no. from there. Yeah. Um, okay, so put it this way. Would you put him ahead of Tracy McGrady? No. No? Even though Tracy only played like three seasons and only had really one good season for the team? As a Raptor, well, I mean, we've only seen Norm as a Raptor. Well, that's yeah, that's the, what the list is. It's you know, guys for the Raptors' tenures, not their sort of overarching career. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 
No, I still don't think I would. No. Okay. And then, so the next guy there, I have 14. I have Serge Ibaka on my list. Is Norma better Raptor than Serge Ibaka? No. I think I agree there too. Then you get into TJ Ford, Fred Van Vliet. And I think Fred's clearly jumped. Fred's probably a better Raptor than Norm too, right? Yeah. And then TJ Ford, that's kind of a toss up. Yeah. I think like, so right now, my updated ranking for this year, which has not yet come out, but will come out pretty soon, is going to have four dropping down a little bit, Abaka and Fred all getting jumps. And then I think Norm probably slots in. Here's an interesting one. Morris Peterson. Is he better than Morris Peterson? No. No? See, I'm, like a, I'm low on Mo Pete, considering. Uh, I, I think he's loved because he played a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not the envelope yeah, effect. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'd probably slot him. Like, I have Christy, Parker, and Peterson all sort of lumped together. And then Charles Oakley, one spot behind those guys. I feel like he's probably, as much as people love Charles Oakley, Oakley wasn't around for that long and had markedly fewer playoff moments than Norm. I think I'm happy putting Norm top 20 pretty comfortably ahead of Charles Oakley and then probably just behind the Peterson Parker Christie tier. I think, yeah, that's, I'm agreeable to that. Yeah. And he's not, he's not far behind. No. And like, if you're talking playoff moments, he has more than all those guys combined. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's not like a tortoise in the hair. It's not like he's, he's not lagging behind in any, in any mm-hmm. way behind those guys. Right. It just is what it is right now. And maybe if he's still here next season, he'll jump them, but that's, that's for next year's ranking of Raptor. Yeah, I don't know why I've uh, signed myself up to a lifetime of updating this stupid list every year, but I have, and I'm the going to do it. People look forward to it. <laughs> um, if you've not yet yet read it, go to ra- Ranking Every Raptor. Just Google that, and Raptors HQ will come up. Um, it's a very silly exercise, but yeah, I think Norm probably t- top twenty on the very edge of top twenty, with a chance to move up if he's back next season. Which, as we talked about in the last segment with the trade stuff, like I, I think he. And it's interesting we spent the entire segment talking about trades because he's a guy who I feel like has kind of figured out exactly what he is as an NBA player. I'm not sure if there's much for him to work on necessarily. Like, you can always improve this thing or this thing a little bit. Like, his defense, I think, maybe took a step back at times this year, but he was still pretty effective on a very good defensive team. He's good on the ball. Um, and so you could always, you know, stand to improve a little bit there. But I think for the most part, like, Five years in, this is what Norm is. He's a guy who can score off the bench and hit a bunch of threes for you and be effective in transition and score around the rim. And I think that's cool and good. And I, I think if he does that and brings that formula next season, yeah, he's probably in the top 20. That's, uh, that seems reasonable to me. Um, I just want the best for Norm. Me too. Rather it's in Toronto or somewhere else. I just want him you know, to reach his peak and stay there for a few years because just the way that things have been with the Raptors is he kind of got you know bumped around and squeezed in and out and it just hasn't been steady enough for Norm and I want him to I want him to have consistency and stability totally all right I think uh that's probably about it for today's podcast uh thank you very much for tuning in Kate Kelsey thank you so much for coming on the podcast this was lovely it's always lovely to chat with you do you have anything you want to promote um, not really. Listen to Dishes and Dimes. Uh, find us on basketballnews.com. I'll be writing there as well. Amazing. And 
hopefully you will hear me on the Paul Watson episode of Lockdown Raptors. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to uh, bring you on back for that. It'll be a very, uh, th- that's the most Kelsey shit I could possibly think of. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for tuning in. It's very much appreciated when you uh, also go and subscribe and rate and review and all that good stuff for both this show and all of the Lockdown Podcast Network offerings out there. Any of the teams that you like in all the big four sports in college, there's a very good chance we have a show covering that team for you with a local expert bringing you awesome daily insights. So go check it out. Uh, On Monday, we'll be back again, and we're going to dive more into our season review episodes for all these other guys. Um, I don't know who we're going to do yet. We'll just pick on Monday. Uh, But that's mostly what next week is going to look like, barring any sort of breaking news or anything like that. It'll just be continuing to look back at the season that was for the Toronto Raptors. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. It's very much appreciated. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you Monday with another episode of Lockdown Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.